Music from D.C. and Baltimore You'll find it all here on Corridor Waltzes or cut time or straight for four You'll find it all here on Corridor Welcome to QuarterCast, it's Kelsey. Thanks for tuning in again to episode 30. 30 episodes, who would have thought? We started at the bottom and now we're here. So thanks for listening and staying with us. This week's guest is Serge from the Goons. It was really cool to meet with him and talk about punk. I I saw these guys opening for the uh, the latest iteration of the Dead Boys, and I was really impressed by how you know they they, they really made the young punk in me come back alive. Uh, they actually got a a pit going, which I hadn't seen in years. I kind of feel like I'm too old to participate in one, but you know I was at the edge just watching everybody have a good time. So it's good to see him keeping the scene alive, as they say. I was kind of on the fence about if I wanted to get into this, but I feel like I should explain where my head was at during the recording of this interview, because I'll tell you right now, I don't want to give you guys a negative impression of this episode, but uh, I would—I really don't feel like I asked Serge all the questions I wanted to. Uh, at work, I was covering this really heinous murder trial, and frankly, it got my head all screwed up. So I'm telling you this, not because I want you to prejudge what you hear or anything, but I want to explain, like, I have trouble forming complete sentences, you might notice, uh, <laughs> just things like that. So just to kind of set the stage on on why I may or may not have asked some questions that I should have. So anyway, Serge, when you start working on a new project, I'd like to have you back when I'm thinking a little more clearly. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. But Serge was a great guest, and I know you're going to like what he has to say. Serge had another project called Nervous Impulse, which I didn't even think to ask about. I wish I had, but they sound great. So we talk about how he got into punk by way of, uh, by way of hippie music, actually, by way of uh, the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song, Ohio. We talk a lot about the history of DC punk because the goons go back a long way, back to 95. Uh, they reunited, but they aren't... Um, Strictly speaking, active at the moment, Serge tells me. But he did give some good perspective on the scene and also uh, what it's like playing in Baltimore versus playing D.C., at least back in the day. So I appreciate all the insight he had to offer. So, as I've said on the last couple podcasts, Santa Labrada is on our hiatus. I've been listening to a lot of music, trying to uh, trying to come up with some new riffs, some new interesting things we could do. So that's been kind of productive, just to take a step back and think of a plan of attack. We should be getting our final mixes back soon on the record, so that's where things are at with us. I'll be heading out to see the Breeders tonight in D.C., which I'm super excited about, one of my favorite bands. Very much looking forward to it and hope that that also uh, is a source of inspiration. When I talked with Serge, I picked up the Goons album Live at the Black Cat. So before we talk with him, I want to play you America Hates Its Youth off that record. It's a great track. So here it is, The Goons, America Hates Its Youth. Enjoy!
And uh, Sergey. No. Usually when I text people and I go, by the way, my name is Serge, I'll put in brackets like, sounds like Serge, like Serge Soda. Yeah. Delicious. I haven't seen that in a while. Yes. I used to have this bitchin' little keychain. Press a little button on it, it would scream, Serge. Like from their initial promotional That's push. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, all right, well, good going. Um, so I'm here with Serge from the Goons. How you doing? I'm doing good. What's happening? All right, uh, not too much. I'm really excited to have you on. Thanks for letting me come over. Um, I wanted yeah. to talk to you about the band. I understand that you have quite a bit of history. You guys reunited not too long ago. Is that right? Yep. Um, we started playing in uh, as the Goons in like '95 or something. Um, oh wow! And uh, in 2006. We did what was supposed to be our very last show, um, and since then we've played a handful of shows. One was a, a benefit for a friend. Um, one was Damage City Fest, and then uh, we just played with the Dead Boys, and uh, we played a show at the Sidebar, too. Oh, yeah, I love the yeah. Sidebar. And I saw you guys at the Dead Boys show. That's how I heard about you. Um, So uh, what was that like? Uh, were they a big influence on you? And- I love the Dead Boys. I grew up listening to the Dead Boys. And when I heard they were coming, I knew I had to get us on the bill. Uh, you know, 16-year-old me was just so <laughs> insanely stoked, right? Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, awesome. Yeah. So, how did you get involved with that anyway? Like, what did you? Uh... I just called Adam Savage, and he hooked it up because he's a man. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Okay, cool. Can I ask what uh, what made you guys break up, and then what? Why'd you guys get back together? What What's the impetus? For so, that? Uh, the band had gotten into some debt from paying to fix the little commuter bus we used to drive around the country. Um, and I had gotten us to this certain pace of playing because we were trying to pay off that debt, right? Because it's all on my credit card. Um, but then uh, I, I think it just got to be too much, man. It got to be too much. And uh, our drummer, I guess, had been uh, doing some anti-social things and uh it, he just he just couldn't deal with the band and be doing the fucked up shit he was doing sure. and so uh he quit and when he quit everybody else just kind of threw their hands up like we'd been doing it for a long time and trying to teach those songs to another drummer was just when nobody had the morale so we're just like you know what fuck it let's go we'll all go do our own thing yeah. Uh, so getting back together then is, is it the same lineup or no um it's just me and pj from the old lineup uh he's the guitar one of the guitar players and uh we got uh, and when so when the goons broke up he went and started a band with drew and joey nails uh called the reticence and those are the two other guys that are on stage with us along with jeff uh snapshot from two men advantage uh, who are great guys and old friends of ours, and he moved to the area from New York and recruited them. <laughs> nice. So most of the bands I meet are, are are pretty new, but you have a, a long history. So I wanted to talk to you about, um, can you tell me a little bit about playing around D.C. in 95 and then how things have changed? I mean, it's, sure. I'm sure there's um, a lot of history there. So in 95... 
it seemed like there was, uh, from what I could tell, no alternative to the Discord scene here, mm. which uh, musically had kind of gotten away from uh, what I really liked about, you know, Discord before. But anyway, um, and so uh, playing around, I guess there there really wasn't uh, anything happening, and then that I knew of anyway. And then little things started to go on. Like we heard of this band of Vale, right. Who are huge now, but uh, you know, they were playing at the community center in Reston. So we'd go, you know, pack our friend's car and go to the community center. And, and, uh, and then the suspects started playing out and we heard about the suspects. And so me and my friends would go see the suspects and, you know, suddenly you had people, really stoked on the suspects and people would be coming from all around the outlying DC area to come check out those shows. Um, and then, uh, you know, me and my guys started our thing and we kind of jumped in there with everybody else. And, uh, the shows were kind of small, but everybody was really amped. You know, mm. it was one of those things like they suddenly, they found a thing, you know, so what kind of places would you play back then? Was it, uh, were there venues or was it more like um, halls? You, we would play venues. So locally, locally we would play places like uh, uh, the Asylum in Exile, which is on U Street. Um, and uh, played, <laughs> we played Joe's Movement Emporium, which was a... <laughs> that's an awesome name. <laughs> it's a dance studio in Mount Rainier, wow, Maryland. Okay. Yeah. That just makes it classy as shit. Oh, yeah. It was fucking classy as shit. Uh, we'd play the old Black Cat. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, God. And there were a lot of, like, little places that would pop up and then just kind of go away, you know. Um, I, do you play the Black Cat now, um, or have have you lately? So when we played Damage City Fest, we played. Uh, so Damage City Fest is like three days at a church in the city, and then uh, they do after shows, and then they do a Sunday show at a different location. And the Sunday show happened to be a Black Cat that year that we played. Gotcha. Um, but we haven't played there beyond that. I guess well, we did our that benefit for our friend. It was us. And uh, government issue, and I think set to explode, and somebody else. But that was that was at the Black Hat. That was nice. that was big and fun and yeah. No stuff. government issue is a big yeah. one, so it's awesome. Yeah. And um, so over those years, I mean, obviously we're all older than we were in '95. But what kind of thing? What kind of changes have you noticed to the the music scene? Um, honestly, I kind of stepped back from the music scene in this town when the goons broke up i don't know what's going on in this town uh really i know that there are house shows um i know and that are apparently really good um i know about what goes on with damage city fest because they advertise really well um i feel like uh the scene feels more it's less dirty. <laughs> it's less dirty. And, it's less and so mean. Is, so is the city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Less mean. Is that a good thing or a bad thing to you? Um, both. 
uh, in a way. Like, I've heard people say dumb things like, oh, you know, I miss going to the shows and feeling like it was dangerous. Like, that is never fun. Like, (laughs) am I going to get beat up because my hair's weird and they don't like it? No, that's not fun. Um, But it is fun to... I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like one of the, the, so the first show I ever went to in Baltimore and the reason I fell in love with Baltimore is I assumed it was a squat, but it turns out this guy owned this building. It was called the loft. Okay. And when we found this place, you know, at the time the neighborhood was even worse off than it is now. And like there were, packs of stray dogs running around We're like what the fuck where are we you that know? sounds like the loft yep we walk in the door and it's scum ridden there's graffiti everywhere you know there's fucking scummy punk rockers drinking you know like really welcoming we go upstairs the floor has you know holes in it the kids are pogoing and the whole floor is moving i liked that <laughs> you know what I mean, like I fell in love with that. Um, but uh, yeah, should people be getting brained at the shows and broken bottles? Of them? No, yeah, it's no fun. Not. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. I want people to come together and have a good time. You know, mm-hmm. your set at the Metro Gallery was the first time I've seen people moshing in a real long time. So <laughs> that, was, that was kind of the fun, dangerous. I mean, nobody's gonna get hurt, but I, I felt like we were going to be dangerous seeming to that place was so full of fucking corpses man it's like oh, so many old people like i knew it was gonna be an older crowd because fuck it's the dead boys but holy shit man yeah. holy shit but you got people moving so proud yeah. to see you. Well, you thank you yeah i i had to get down on the floor man everybody just standing around was yeah. not working for no me. i think that was a good idea when you got out there i think you got a was all on your side so <sighs> Uh, but yeah, so let's take it back. What what got you into punk in the first place? How'd you get down that road? So some people think this is a weird route for it, but I really enjoyed uh, 60s, like counterculture-y classic rock music. And I kind of liked that whole, you know, uh, revolutionary attitude um, and... Uh, it kind of birthed from there. Like I told somebody once that I think probably the, the one of the most punk things any band has ever done is that when uh, that shooting happened at Kent state, right? Mm-hmm. Crosby stills and Nash had a number one single on the yeah. charts. They put out four dead in Ohio and fucking knocked their own single off the charts. Right. Like that's punk as fuck. That's like bad. they had, they were fucking pissed and sad, and they wrote a fucking pissed sad song, and fucking threw it in everybody's face. Like good job. Yep. Four dead in Ohio. Yeah. yeah that's so then, uh, you know, somebody played me a Misfits song once when I was ten or eleven, and next thing you know. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. That's what got you started. But uh, what what is it about punk music that felt you? F- how do I want to put it? Um, so how did how did you kind of fit into punk music? What is it about that 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 Well that's drew the thing you? is like uh I I <laughs> I don't fit in and I never fit in and I didn't fit in before I got into punk rock and I don't really fit into punk rock, but that's what I like about punk rock. Like uh 
I feel like if if you fit in somewhere, if you really like fit in somewhere, it's kind of weird <laughs> you would be into punk rock, <laughs> That's right? That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <sighs> who described it this way? I, I remember watching some interview with some dude and he described it as like, you know, you were a fucking loser and nobody else wanted to hang out with you because you're a fucking loser and you're weird or whatever. And then suddenly you find these people who are also fuck ups and losers <laughs> and they're fucking weirdos and, but they accept you, you know, and you're like, okay, this works. And wow, you know, you guys are pissed off too. Cause those other guys, those other people, they suck. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Let's start a band. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let's shave our heads. <laughs> And then it turns into community. Yeah, which is a beautiful thing about it. So do you feel like you found a, a community playing music? I did. Um, so in like 97, I got my first real job and I started renting a house in uh, Arlington with a couple of people. And we called it the Goon House because the band practiced in the basement. And then we had the Suspects practicing there. And we had uh, this band Lickety Split that was a post-Suspects band uh, practicing there and bands would come from out of town and crash at our house. And then it was just, you know, traveling punk rockers knew that if they were coming through DC, there was a good chance that they could call one of us or show up at our house and have a place to hang out, have a place to crash out for the weekend or whatever. Um, and that was nice. I, I really do miss that. I miss having, you know, kind of a, a, I miss having a flop house. <laughs> How many people can say that, right? <laughs> so who were some of your most memorable guests? Uh, we had MDC. We had the Subhumans UK. We had the Drones, um, Exploited, wow. uh, Violent Society, The Boils, uh, Adolf and the Piss Artists. So you uh, had some like pretty pretty big acts coming through, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, just friendly, you know, friendly people. Oh, you know who was great? Conflict. Conflict stayed at our house. Yeah. Any good stories from, from them or any of the other? Uh, <laughs> my favorite of those, well, there's two great MDC stories. One is that, uh, you know, I went to work and when I came home, or, well, MDC crashed at the house. I went to work in the morning and when I got home, they had split. And Dave Dichter had done my dishes and he <laughs> left a note on the uh, above the sink, you know, thanking us for for letting him crash at our house and and said he did our dishes. Well, that's thoughtful. Well, thanks, that's man. a nice house guest. Yeah, man. Uh, he's a he's a very good guy. <laughs> and uh, and then <clears throat> there was another time they came around and uh, I think. Can't remember if they were playing with Mikey Offender or if Mikey Offender was just around, but Mikey Offender was sleeping in MDC's van with, that they parked across the street from our place. And uh, the Arlington cops came by and they knocked on the window and they started asking him about why he was sleeping in that van and what he was doing there. And, uh, you know, as soon as he told them who he was, they were like, oh, yeah, oh, we heard of you. We knew you were coming through. You're staying across the street at that house, right? It's like shit. Mm. Yeah, that was sketchy. Did but that? The, uh, did, I mean, did the cops do nope, anything? They they let him be, but it's it's just sketchy to know that you know they're aware of MDC's right. schedule. <laughs> they're aware of my house in 
do anything in my house. That's unnerving. It is unnerving. unnerving. (laughs) Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you about uh, the the music aspect of things. When you write songs, I see a guitar. Do you do you write songs on guitar and bring them to the band? I do not write songs on guitar. That guitar. I haven't touched it in months, and I, <laughs> I, I don't really know how to. Like, I can play Chinese rocks, okay. kind of, sort of. That's awesome. Right? But uh, the way traditionally that we wrote songs back in the day is like, uh, you know, somebody would come to practice with a riff, you know, or, you know, two riffs, and we'd sit there and we'd just beat them up and tear them apart and put them back together again and try and find cool fucked up ways to... To, to make it sound better and then somebody else would put another riff with it and then we'd figure out a structure and then pew, off you go um sometimes i'd come to practice with some weird mush mouthed thing and uh our old bass player me and him we had a really good uh, uh music collaborative thing where we could sit and, and write lyrics together and um uh, you know he he could understand my weird noises that i make and he would be able to translate them to guitar which i always thought was impressive because everybody else always looked at me like i was crazy um and yeah so try to make it a collaborative effort what kind of bands really influenced you um i'd say that right leading up to to starting this band uh in like 95 i was listening to the dwarves like crazy I was listening to the Candy Snatchers like crazy, uh, Monster Magnet, you know, and uh, always been a huge Dead Kennedys fan. Uh, people really like to compare my voice to Jello's, but I don't really think that's accurate at all. It's a nice compliment. It is. Oh, <laughs> believe me, it is definitely a nice compliment. I just, I just wish I believed it. You know what I mean? It just doesn't sound. I just don't sound like that guy. I don't know. I think people uh, have a kind of a limited frame of reference you know yeah and so like they haven't heard anybody else sing in this style or anything approaching this style and that's the closest thing they got so. oh and the new bomb turks i was listening oh. to tons and tons of new bomb turks love those guys yeah i can definitely hear all of that in uh what you guys are doing so um lyrically where are you coming from are, are your songs kind of political i think i heard or not um, so much Kinda, uh, they're they're kind of socio political kind of stuff. Um, you know, I wake up one day and I'm fucking pissed at the world, and I write a song about being pissed and what I'm pissed about. And other days, I feel like fuck it, everything's gonna be fine. And I'll write a song <laughs> about you know everything's gonna be fine. Fuck you, you know. And uh, what's your favorite song you've written? Wow, probably tell you the ones I can't stand. You know what? I think probably. Right now, right now, my favorite song from the set we played is Firefly in a Jar. I like that one. And why? Uh, The bass line is really tough. Um, So, I mean, when you're in a band for, God, a million years, like you kind of notice in retrospect, I guess, oh, well, at this point, these songs, we can kind of group them together as a bunch of songs that kind of got written around the same time. And then these other songs are a little more modern. And then these are a little more modern. I feel like Firefly in a Jar was, uh, you know, a song on a record that actually that song was was probably more, uh, 
more modern than the others, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, no, I sort of. Okay. Yeah, it was like a a, a song that kind of foreshadowed later sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing about uh, being in a punk band is it for for some bands it can be a very specific sound. You know, you're playing fast generally all the time. So, what do you do, or do you do anything to try to like vary the genre, play with the genre, or um, do you just want like a ass kicking? Three-minute fast song. <laughs> so yes, um, one of the one of the things that people used to say when reviewing our our older records, it was like, oh, you know, uh, they're all over the place. You know, I think it was our second record. Somebody was saying it was all over the place, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it's all over the fucking place. Like that's why would I want to write just one song and you know rehash it. 13 times for every record right like so yeah i mean it's not a it's not a conscious thing but it's definitely important i think mm-hmm. part of the process yeah and is that like a conscious part of the process or or is it more like you're just saying oh let's make this sound more interesting do this i think if we're if somebody comes up with a riff that sounds like another one of our songs we're gonna tell them he's gotta okay. change it you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you kinda... know that you gotta be conscious of that because i mean like acdc acdc is boring as fuck to me okay <laughs> i really liked acdc when i was a little kid and i never thought i'd utter the words i just uttered right <laughs> but all their albums sound the same the fucking same I, and I, I guess it works for them. Yeah, I mean, they, well, they found something that works anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody loves it. Uh, so what does the future hold? This reunion thing, is it um, going to, are you recording new stuff? or what's... Um, Not at the moment. Uh, we got one show booked uh, in December at the sidebar uh, where we're going to play with TSOL. Awesome. which is going to be cool um but i think i think i'm going to be focusing on a new thing like i i uh i like the goons and and i've done the goons forever and i'll always love those songs and i'll always love performing them and i'll always love those dudes but uh and i i like doing a show here and there but i, I think uh i think new Okay, it's so really important kind of it needs to happen. A, yeah. Be its own thing, you know. Yeah. It's, so what uh, what new things are in the works? You know, the band, the when the goons broke up, I didn't do anything for like four years, and then uh, I've been playing. I did a band called Nervous Impulse for a short while, and we pulled out put out a record on um, on Bridge Nine, and I really liked that. But that all went to shit, uh, and ever since then just been kind of doing little things with people trying to get something happening. And right before we got offered um, a show that unfortunately fell through, um, you know, we got offered the show. I was like, okay, well, we're going to pull, I'm going to pull the dudes together because I want to play this awesome show. And then we just kept on playing shows here and there. Like people offer us stuff. Um, And so the new has been put on hold, but it's all the same guys. Right. Um, so I think what's going to happen is we're going to, we're going to start a new band and just do new music, new name, new everything. Um, what I've been really enjoying 
in some of the stuff that we had been doing that I don't know if it's going to carry forward or not. We had like four songs written is kind of like a, a dirtier. Uh, you ever listen to Annihilation Time? No, I don't know that. Um, they're a great uh, California band that kind of sound a lot like, you know, really late Black Flag, uh, but better. Uh, and uh, they have a, kind of a, a stoner metal influence. Okay. And, um, you know, like we, we did a cover, me and these guys, where we took... Uh, you were looking at that Pagans record. We mm -hmm. took a, a song off of that record, and there's two versions of it. There's like a, a fast version, and there's a real slow version. So what we did is we took that slow version, we turned it into an intro for the song, and we did it all stoner, metal, sludgy, and dirgy, and then kicked into the fast version. Um, yeah. That's fun. And that Gave was a, a lot of fun. for people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun, so... That's kind of that's kind of where my head is at. I don't know what's actually going to happen because I don't play guitar and I don't play the drums. So, <laughs> have you wanted to? Or? Uh, I actually was the original drummer in the Goons. Oh, really? But uh, I was so shitty that I ended up as a singer because uh, as soon as they found somebody better, ah. yeah, the instant is it like, you drums? You nobody wants to sing. You're gonna sing. Be the singer. A good front man is hard to find, so you, you find yourself in a good position, I think. Yeah, I mean, it worked out for me. I enjoy it. It's fun. So when you had that downtime, when you weren't playing music, did you miss it? Absolutely. I played more rock band on my Xbox <laughs> yeah. than is healthy, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I missed it a lot, but, you know, I was, I was busy. And I, need, I mean, after 12 years of doing the goons, it was like... And being the guy who did all the, you know, management and everything. Yeah, that's so much I needed work. to relax, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what did it feel like when you got back to it, though? Really awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, when that muscle memory kicks in and those lyrics just start spitting out of my face, feels good. <laughs> I think I mentioned this to you before we were recording, but you're actually only the second D.C. area act I've had on the show. Yep, so yep, it's yep. Uh, very said. good to talk to you. One of the things I wanted to make sure I asked was, um, what's uh, are there any DC bands that you think we all should be listening to? Um, you should check out where? What is the fucking oh Supreme Commander? I really liked. Okay. Oh, what was that band? Uh, Protester is really cool. Uh, Loud Boys. Um, I've seen. Oh God, what was that? Band? Uh, Ruined by Design are really good. People are getting really into Bust Off and, uh, fuck, I can't remember that other band. But yeah, there's, there's so stuff. I'll have to check those out. Yeah. 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 So on that, on that same train of thought, um, I know you spent time in Baltimore, uh, Reptilian Records was a, a haunt, he said. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I wanted to ask him, or were there any differences that you see between DC and Baltimore playing those different cities? Um, so when we first started playing out, uh, for some reason in DC, any show you went to, people kind of stood real still and looked down at the floor. Um, you know, maybe they like the band, maybe they don't, but they're definitely not going to let on either way for whatever reason you can't look uh, like you're having a good time yeah i feel like uh i feel like some of that is i mean so D dc's kind of uptight man dc's really 
DC's really uptight. Let's just leave it at that. DC's really uptight, and uh, Baltimore is not. You know what I mean? Like, DC, if there's a fight at the show, everybody loses their mind, they throw everybody out, and fucking maybe the show ends, whatever. If there's a fight in Baltimore, or somebody's acting like a dick in Baltimore, it just gets managed, you know? <laughs> they get popped a couple of times, they get they get bounced, and then everybody's back to back business. To you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I mean, they, for some reason, I feel like we always went over better in Baltimore than we did in D.C. And I think that's why. I wonder why that is. Do you have any idea why that might be? I, I think it's just because D.C.'s uptight and we are not uptight and we don't really sound like the D.C. sound, you know? Yeah. Like, because uh, Discord was still, you know, a big deal. I guess it'll always be a big deal around here, but... Yeah. Um, like that scene was happening, like you had the makeup is happening and, you know, the tail end of Fugazi going on. And, you know, I like Fugazi and I, I, I respect the makeup, but like, we're not that. And we didn't appeal to any of those people. And, and that whole scene kind of had turned away from the style of music we were doing, you know, a while back. Um, Nobody, nobody cared tours do you yeah. have any good tour stories from back in the day um we played in san diego once and had uh three skinheads rush the stage trying to kill us god that was fun how did and, that end up <laughs> <laughs> so we played at this bar uh on the beach and the opening bands were like covering the descendants and covering you know pennywise and stuff and and kind of we kind of felt like they were pandering to their bleach blonde <laughs> surfer crowd that was there you know sure and uh and so then when we got on stage so we'd been hanging out all night with these skinhead guys or i had been hanging out all night with these skinhead guys who one of them had was supposed to help us get a show the next night in uh, Orange County, but uh, it didn't work out. And so he came to see us there in, in Ocean Beach. And, uh, you know, we get loaded and he bought some of our records and so did his buddy. And uh, when we went on stage, I came out and the first thing I said was, you know, hello, beautiful West Coast people. We're ugly people from the East Coast. <laughs> you know, one, two, three, four. And we start playing, you know. And uh, I, I'm being obnoxious, whatever. And these skinhead guys start heckling us, right? So then, and my, the crowd hates us already, you know, A, because I'm being obnoxious, and B, because they want to hear, you know, the descendants, I guess. Right. I don't know. And so they start heckling us, but then everybody's heckling us, right? And uh, for me, when the crowd hates you, that's like the most liberating freeing time to play to perform you know like i can't win with these people even if we fuck up even if we play the best we've ever played there's no winning so fuck it you know there's no pressure at all you fucking get down and it gives me an opportunity to be a complete prick on stage to people (laughs) which is fun uh so you know i'm being obnoxious and they're fucking yelling shit at us and my drummer uh who was on tour with us he hadn't met these skinhead guys 
he just thought they were dudes in the audience being assholes and he was drunk and so he is whipping drumsticks at their oh, faces no. right so he's playing he's playing he's playing and then he'll whip one at the dude's face you know and uh i have no idea this is going on uh and apparently what happened was that our guitar player got flagged over by one of these skinhead guys and the dude's like hey man you tell your drummer if another one of those fucking sticks hits me we're gonna fucking kill him He's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And as he was turning around, he says he watched that drumstick sail right past his face and hit this guy in the head. And then, uh, they, you know, it was on. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Luckily, like, I mean, security was awesome at that place because I, I got punched in the head, you know, while I had my eyes closed during some whatever. And I turned to look. And by the time I turned around to look, they were all getting dragged off stage. <laughs> like, sweet. The only real injury, this awesome guy, Larry from Vegas. Larry from Vegas flew from Vegas to see us play because he knew we'd never make it to Vegas. And Larry tried to jump over the barrier to come back us up when we were getting attacked. And he oh, man. fell and hit his head and had to go get <laughs> stitches. Larry, real American uh, hero. Absolutely. Larry yeah. is the man. Larry from Vegas. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then we went outside and these chicks were like, uh, we know those dudes, uh, they're going to be back. And with more guys, you guys should split. We're like, okay, <laughs> thanks a lot. So you made it out of there without too much. Yeah, no, it was no trouble. big deal. And like, I called the guy the next day and I was like, dude, what the fuck? And he was like, <laughs> he, he explained. Cause I, I really didn't quite understand at the time what had really happened. All I knew is that. Yeah. We should leave. You know, <laughs> this isn't our town. I just got punched in the head. There's people coming back. Yeah, let's go. It's no good. Yeah. <laughs> I usually uh, I usually wrap up asking people like what advice they would have for for a ten year old or like somebody just getting into music. Um, and what would you say to someone who might be pursuing this this path of punk rock? Hmm. Huh. I don't know. Gosh, what advice would I give somebody trying to get into punk rock right now? I would tell them to play, man. Just play. Just play out. Play out as much as you can fucking stand. And if you don't love it, fucking don't do it. Like, that's, that's, yeah. If you're not loving it, yeah. bail. Well, that's a good way to sum it all up. Thank you so much for your time. This is a lot of fun. Thanks, Thank man. you.